0: This is Lifelinks with a DL link.
1: Welcome to the DL link show on 101.9 High FM. I'm Nikki Seberini. Always good to be in your company. For the next hour, it is you and me and a whole lot of incredible guests. You will be inspired and informed. That I can assure you. This is the show, of course, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Um, and, you know, time is ticking. Tick, tock, tick, tock. It is the 21st, and I do believe that registration for the Jerusalem Marathon ends tomorrow. Um, so, If you've been thinking about it, you've got to make a decision today. Um, and we're going to be bringing you some information from Jerusalem, which is great. If you do go along with Team Deal link, what you can enjoy, what you can expect. And I have a Jerusalem marathon runner in the studio who's going to be sharing her experience with you. You know, we always like to look at greater things, some things that, um, good habits, um, you know, I love to start the show and look at the gratitude. And, And I think last week it was raining and there was no power, and we are going, well, how do we get through it? And I, I'm just so grateful that you know, there's power and clear skies and that's a beautiful thing. And if you want to know more about the benefits of gratitude and just how it can shift your life, I've got a lady who's written a fabulous book called Musings Reflections of Gratitude. Lee Maimele is going to be joining us in the studio a little bit later just to talk about how gratitude and storytelling turned her life around. And then also we're going to be looking at a little bit of healing, which is going to be fascinating and energy work and um, um, and all of that and clearing your space. Um, so it's a jam-packed show with lots of interesting information. So I'd like to first introduce our, our, our first guest, um, Taryn Harris, who is South African born, um, Canadian grow up, returned to South Africa. Taryn, hi. Hello. Great, great, great having you on the, show. For having me on the show. Well, thank you so much for joining us. For some reason, let's just see. You may have to move because you've said hello and we haven't heard you, and Craig's just saying Taryn, would you want to move over there? Oh, oh, hang on. It's working. There we go. Hello, hello, Taryn. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> you
2: are. No electricity, but the mic's now working. And, well, you know,
1: and we have to have gratitude that it what, but now it is? There you go. There it is. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. So you were born here in SA, and you moved. How old were you when you went to, I to Canada? I was about eighteen months. Oh, you were. I was a. Baby. You were but a babe. You don't. You don't remember much. No. And where in Canada did you live? Uh, all around Toronto. All right. I've got cousins in Toronto. It's lovely.
2: And cold. W- cold. And when did you return? Hmm. I came back to South Africa when I was about twelve to visit my grandparents, aunt's, uncle's cousins, and loved it and then had to go back to Canada and then returned in 2003. Really? Yep. And your parents? My parents are still in Canada. Still in Canada. What made you return? My husband. Uh, <laughs> I actually met this boy. <laughs> Expand, please. I met this boy in the sea when I was 12. No, I'm finished. I really? Did. Really? We yes. kept in touch over letters. And eventually spoke on cassettes because there was no internet. You had fax machines and telephones, so we we spoke on letters and and cassettes and waited months and months to get a. From to get the a cassette. age of twelve. From the age of twelve. From the age of twelve, we were pen pals. We were friends, yes, but still, and that continued for a number of years until we lost touch. And then, when I came back in two thousand and three to visit grandparents. I looked him up, and his surname was Harris. And you can imagine how many Harrises there oh, are. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> and my 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 grand said to me, look him up in the phone book. And I, as I said, there were a lot of Harrises. Oh, we didn't have Google in those no, days, did we? No, we didn't. So she said, uh, look up his last address, which I did, and telecom. Sometimes they get it. Even when they get it wrong, they get it right. I got it right. They uh, had his last address that i used to write to him at no. with a current phone number how old were you at the time this was when i was 25 brave hey that was brave and then you phoned him i phoned him and he you heard home b- oh, i yes. left a message yes. <laughs> he called me back didn't uh-huh. know it was me when he heard my voice he fell off a chair and um many years later the rest is history <laughs> yeah.
1: That's incredible. What a beautiful love story. You're going to be back in the studio. You're going to write the book. <laughs> right. We're waiting We're waiting for the love story part two. It love is a story. good story. Oh, I good love story. it. I love it. Listen, let's take a quick break. Afterwards, I want to talk about what you've been doing here and your experience running in the Jerusalem Marathon. Stay with us.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: Bennett's Baby Bum Cream has just been awarded Product of the Year 2019 in the baby care category. And we are proud to be associated with the DL Link and value the tremendous work that they do. Bennett's Baby Bum Cream 300-gram tubs will be on special for just 62 99 at Pick and Pay stores nationwide from the 25th of Feb until the 3rd of March. That is a saving of 17 Rand per product. So that is between the 24th of Feb and the 3rd of March. You're going to have to go and buy lots and lots of baby uh, Bennett's Baby Bum Cream. Um, Well, the time is now um, 12 minutes past 12 o'clock. Taryn Harris is in the studio sharing just an extraordinary love story. So while we were off air, we established that she was literally
2: pushed into his arms her husband of today so what happened the wave hit you the wave hit me um he pulled me out i was like a drowned rat and we started speaking and we were just friends because when you're
1: 12 i mean you're self-conscious and you shy and you all of those things
2: and i was just so guy. happy to have a friend i mean it was Aww. so nice to have someone on holiday when you're with family to to talk to I
1: just love that. Yeah. And it continued and continued. You made the phone call and was the connection there immediately?
2: Uh, <laughs> that's a long story. Oh. But we did, we did meet for, <laughs> for a dinner and there certainly was a connection. I had the sweaty hands like I did when I was 12, when oh. we went on a, if you could call it a first date. Milkshakes? Yeah. Right. Ice skating and movies. Oh. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's, I love it. So you returned to South Africa and here you are and you have your own law firm and you seem like a very together person. So why on earth? How am I asking this
2: question? Having never run before, are you running the Jerusalem Marathon? That's a good question. So Gabby Joseph, who is a very intricate part of the DL link as a client liaison has been my personal trainer and actually my husband's personal trainer for over a decade. Oh, wow. Okay. And he, when he got involved with the DL Link, he told us all about it and we were hearing these amazing things that the DL Link was doing. And I actually wanted to run for the DL Link to raise money a number of years ago, but mm-hmm. then I fell pregnant with my second, so mm-hmm. that went away. And then the year came up again, the fall, last year I was breastfeeding, so then it was gone again. I couldn't run. And then <laughs> between that point and now, um, my father actually in Canada, Colin Brask, wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. And he'd had several tests done and he couldn't figure out what it was. And eventually it turned out that he had um, not a tumor, but he had a lump Mm -hmm. near his pancreas. Mm -hmm. And we sat waiting and waiting because in Canada, unlike here, where you've got, if you've got the luxury of private health care, you can get an appointment immediately. We didn't have that luxury there. So you have to wait up to 10 days sure. for scopes and appointments. So you're nail biting, waiting, waiting. And as it turned out, very thankfully it hadn't spread. So the margins were clear, but there was still, there, there was still cancer cells in his, in his body. Mm-hmm. So they removed parts of his spleen and parts where he, they had to remove. And then he started chemo in Canada. And it's been a difficult journey sure. um, but you, I think every i don't think there's unfortunately anyone out there at this stage that doesn't have a friend or a family member who is dealing with cancer, mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate reality that we have to face, and it that really inspired me, together with the DR Link and Gabby and what they do, to have a goal, to, to do something that I could help with the DR Link. And, and
1: run with your dad's name on your back. And run with my
2: dad's name. That's going to be extraordinary, is, isn't it? It is not it yeah. Mm.
1: Because of what you've overcome to get there. I mean, you're not a runner. I am And not. you
2: have decided to run how many kilometers? 21. I'm doing the half marathon. How? You know, <laughs> that's a funny question. When you have a goal, a lot of it is in your head. And I must say, there are amazing people running with the DL Link this year. And I was put in touch with Samson, um, who is an incredible trainer. He's inspiring, and he's taken a group of us who have some of us who've never, never, uh, like myself, even participated in a in a run for 5Ks, mm-hmm. let alone 21, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's in your head. But he pushes you, and he calls all of you champs and just keep going, and it's a group of amazing people who, who run with him. And we all push each other, and we're there for each other, and that's where we are now.
1: Well, Samson is incredible. He is incredible. And He's been on the show before, and he's so excited and motivated and passionate about what he does. And he said to me, everybody can run. Everybody can run, you know. You know,
2: it is so true. And I I promise you, six months ago, I couldn't run a kilometer.
1: Six months. So Mm -hmm. in six months, you've gone from zero and hopefully to hero. So from
2: November, yes, from November when I started training properly with Samson, we went from three kilometers to the most I've done is 18. Um, And that's quite remarkable. Wow. Wow.
1: How often are you training with him?
2: I train with him. I'm unfortunately only able to get to Samson on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I train with other groups during the week and sometimes on my own. How often? I train three times a week, uh, running. Running. And how far are you running? So during the week, I'll run between five and eight Ks twice a week. And then with Samson, we, we started, as I said, on three kilometers. And I think this Sunday we're going to try for 18 or 19. Gee, are you feeling fantastic? I get through, I'm get i not going to lie. When I, I have to remind myself that I am a runner because mm. I've got tremendous anxiety that starts from Thursday, Friday, knowing I'm going to run on this amount of kilometers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's almost tricking your brain to think, well, I'm actually only going to run seven. And then when you get to seven, you think, well, I'll just go to 10. And then when you get exactly to 10. Exactly what you do. Okay. <laughs> and then when I'm at 10, I said, well, I'll just do two more. And then I'm at 12. And I thought, well, let's get to 15. And then when I'm at 15, I think, well, I've got to get to 17 now. Mm. So I think it's just a mindset of just, again, I know physically I can do it, even though it feels like you can't. But physically you can. It's it's your mind. And your mind plays funny tricks on you. So it's just it's a mind game. And you have to remember, why am I doing this? Mm. And a lot of the time while you're running, you're thinking to yourself, think of all the people that are fighting cancer at the moment. People so like who my would father love to be, who would love to be to, able to, to be run. Running. Right. And and just you think of what they're battling through every day, simple things that they have to and don't have a choice, and they're, they they're struggle. And yet here we are trying to raise money for a tremendous organization for this run, for all these people, to try and give them an opportunity that maybe one day they can run. And we are very fortunate that in the DL link there have been a number of warriors who have – been able to run after their treatments have finished. Yes.
1: And it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. It is remarkable. And 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 um, it's an extraordinary experience for, for everyone who takes part. What would you like to tell people who are sitting listening right now who are like, maybe, maybe not? Or what do you want to tell them?
2: Well, I actually posted it on one of my groups recently. In a recent run that I did, when I was somewhere around between 8 and 10 kilometers, I was facing a real hill. And hills are difficult. Even if you are a runner, they're tough. And I was going up this hill, and I was watching a runner running down the hill. And I thought for a moment, gee, I wish I was that runner running down. And then it occurred to me that I don't know what hills that runner has just overcome. Mm. And I don't know what hills that runner still has to face. So I must be grateful that my down, my downhill is still coming. And it's a lot like life. You know, when you see someone who's in a good space and they're happy and they're successful, be grateful for them. Have gratitude because you don't know where they've come from. You don't know what uphill they've just battled to get where they are. And you don't know what's still coming in front of them. You don't know what they have to face. So be grateful for re- where you are hmm. and be happy for others. Oh,
1: fantastic, Taryn. Love it, love it. Have you been to Jerusalem
2: before? You know, I haven't. Oh, you know, and I'm so haven't? excited. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to go several times and I've my husband and I have both wanted to go together and I'm going this is going to be my first time running, my first time doing a 21, my first time doing a race and my first time going to in Jerusalem.
1: Jerusalem. Oh, I'm all that in, With, with your dad, Mm. just,
2: you know, encouraging
1: you, uh, encouraging you the whole way. Taryn, thank you. You've inspired me, actually. (laughs) Listen, we wish you strength. We wish you vitality. We wish you strength of mind and body and everything that goes with it. Enjoy the run. Thank you. Enjoy, enjoy.
2: Who haven't yet donated, please go on the DL link page. Please select a runner. If it's not me, select somebody and please donate to this very worthy cause. They need, even if it's 50 rand, 100 rand, whatever you can donate, 180 would be great. Whatever you can donate, it would be greatly appreciated. Awesome, awesome. Thanks may for the, me.
1: May the force be with you. So, <laughs> so, so, so remember that registration cutoff is tomorrow. But for those runners, all you need to do is go to the website, um, za, and you can make, um, contributions there. You can register there, you can do it all there, but you've just heard a whole lot of runners are going and it's your opportunity to to make a very valuable donation. Taryn you wanted to
2: say one more thing? I just wanted to wish all the runners very, the best wishes and lots of luck running and obviously all the warriors who they're running for just strength
1: Absolutely, Taryn, thank you so much Um, Taryn Harris on 101.9 Chai FM, we're going to take a quick break we'll continue with gratitude
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: And thank you so much for staying with us. The DL Link Show, of course, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Taryn Harris, 21Ks in Jerusalem. Next month, you can join her. You can also make a donation if you'd like to go to the website. And also just thanking all the previous runners, the runners who have run the Jerusalem Marathon in the past, who've run with cancer warrior names on their backs, who have raised funds, um, and just continue to do it. Just extraordinary people, part of an extraordinary organization. Organization www.dllink.co.za. So what do you do when your life changes? What happens when all of a sudden your senses, um, some of you lose some of your senses? And what goes through your mind when that happens? Is it a ending? Is it a beginning? Do you go into mourning? Um, or do you go through it and come through it the other side with so much more gratitude and appreciation for what you have? And why is it that we very often have to lose things before we truly appreciate what we have well i have a guest in the studio who's had that very experience and she's come out the other side writing a book called musings reflections of gratitude i'd like to welcome lee my email into the studio lee welcome
0: thank you thank you
1: so much for coming on to the show Great,
0: thanks for having me
1: well i mean smell and taste
0: you know, it is... How it did that happen? Then? Is I am the healthiest chick ever, right? So I have never been to the hospital in my life before this. I've still had my tonsils. I've got my appendix. And I was standing at the side of the road, um, newly married just moved into the house of my dreams with my dream husband, and I fell pregnant on honeymoon in Mauritius, just like in the movies, Oh wow! standing at the side of the road, and my husband was running the Comrades Marathon. He's done 10 now. Gee whiz. Um, You've got (laughs) lots to contribute. Right, I I do. (laughs) Um, And I was standing at the side of the road, and life was really good. Um, And I was waiting for him. I had his Energet and his banana, and I was waiting for him to come to a, a, a spot that we'd agreed on, and I was just standing there, and I fell straight back on the back of my head on a concrete roof. How did you fall back? I, I literally you just passed out. was just standing there, had a dip in blood pressure, and I fell back.
1: <sighs> yes.
0: Hit the back of my head, and and yeah, I was rushed to the hospital, and I was pregnant. Jeez, you must have got a big fright. I did. And, um, you know, it, it it didn't occur to me at the time, but I then went back to my hotel room, and I ordered something to drink and eat and had to lie down, and I couldn't taste anything. But I thought, you know, it perhaps it's just, you know, one of those things. And we then got back to Joburg and after running the comrades, and I realized that I also couldn't smell anything. Um, so after I had been to the gynecologist to check that the baby was fine, he referred me to a neurologist who ran a couple of tests and and said, you do realise that you've lost both these senses. And that was the from first hitting time your head. From a concussion. From a concussion. And you know, I I think that if I had lost my my sight, everyone around me would call me blind and they'd help me and they'd know what was happening with me. But the two And they senses, see the severity of the loss, right. right? But the two senses that I'd lost were it, something so personal, and something that only I really knew the extent of, mm. and and yeah, it it did sort of change everything,
1: as you can imagine. Sure, I mean I know sometimes when I get a very blocked nose. I lose all my sense of Well, my sense of taste And smell, obviously I find it quite depressing Because I love my food I love eating I'm very aware of smells Smells make me happy Make me sad All of those things They really are attached to my emotions And to lose that would be too terrible It would be a huge loss It
0: is a huge loss And I remember Coming back from the neurologist And going to my mom for lunch And we eat a lot of meze We eat 30, 40 dishes at one time Mm, And my mm. brothers were passing me things and my sister's passing me and, you know, we've got a very big family and we were having lunch and I, I realized that life was going on, but life had changed for me. And it was then that I, that I, it sort of occurred to me that, you know, you're about to have a baby. And what I really wanted to do was smell that little baby. Oh. And what I really wanted, I, I wanted it so bad that it, it, it almost became an obsession. Yeah. You know, wanting to taste. It's, want right, it's instinctive. It's right. instinctive. You're a mom.
1: You do want to smell your baby. It is. It's instinctive.
0: And, you know, your smell tells you about a lot of things that you don't, you know, you don't really think about. Mm. It tells you about day to day. It tells sure. you when you're in love or mm. when you're aroused. Or, mm. you know, it, it. it's so much a part of you that sure. to to actually lose it is you know although it's it seems like you know yeah, at least it's not your eyes or no, your arms I or your legs you, i it, hear it you it is a profound loss
1: oh, i hear you did the you doctor know, tell you how long you were going to have the the loss for um, you know it was a neurologist um, who said
0: look you are pregnant you know we're not going nerves are funny things we're not going to open your head And look inside and try and fix anything Why don't you Why don't we give it two years I thought two Two years years Uh of my life Um, But you know That's when I began to sort of, I took the decision to, to because everything was going so well in my life, we had this phenomenal, we had a little baby on the way and we had just gotten married, we had a home and we had a family and so many wonderful things in my Mm -hmm. life. I I took the decision, I remember driving back from my mom's house on that day where I just wanted to taste the lemon on those prawns Mm. and I said, You know, your life is pretty good. Why don't you write down just one thing? This is 10 years ago. Write down one thing every day that, that's good, that makes you smile, that's, that's happy. And that's how I began to write about gratitude.
1: Hmm. How did it shift your life? Writing about gratitude. Yes.
0: I, I found that, that the more I focused on what I did have, the more I realized that I actually had so much, right. and and that took I you out of the problem, right? It. Took you
1: out of your head. That's it. Uh. That's it. Because
0: I think you know, it it it's almost like having post traumatic stress, where you just, if you do allow yourself to get caught up in the loss, you can almost be all consumed by it. Mm. So I did take the decision that look, our little baby is going to be born, and you know perhaps you need to just shift gear and change focus.
1: And and the first step was taking the action of actually writing it down, and which is I the did. action, which and is I so did. powerful.
0: I did. I began to write it on my social media at first. And I was a big um, sort of user of Twitter at the time. I'm not really anymore. Mm. Um, and I I would write it, I would doodle it on the shower door or write it on a piece of paper that I'd throw into my handbag or write it on my social media. And that's how I started sort of thinking about how easy it became and how much I could write 10 things a day. 20 things a day mm, mm. because I had taken the
1: decision Right, to do and it. and it becomes a habit. Yeah. So so when you're doing that, because I do it as well, I, I write the gratitude yeah. and I just find that it just puts you in that state. And then it's so much easier to look for the things that you're grateful for. And it's not diminishing the challenge or taking away, but it's, you know, you can go there easily and you can, you know, ruminate and you can go over and over and what you don't have and loss and the challenge. But it is, it is, it, it's like retraining the way you think, where you focus your thoughts. So I love that. And I love that you then decided to put it in a book because you're a storyteller and I you am. tell such beautiful Thank stories.
0: You. Thank you. I am a storyteller and I, um, I didn't really think about when I started doing it. I didn't do it with a view to putting it in a book, but I, as I, I, we, we moved to Amsterdam at some point during my recovery and I had a lot of time to sort of Sort of wander around and muse around and, and, and change gears a little bit. And then I thought, you know, what, what's the point of having something that's really changed your life if you're not going to pay it forward? You're not going to do anything with it. Mm. Like, wh- why have something that's that's really just yours? yours? <laughs> and it's just you know you do it in your kitchen and nobody knows about it. Mm. You know, so I I then had the idea that you know perhaps there there was merit in 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 sharing it, sharing my little stories, my little take on life, but not in a self help sort of way. I never wanted to write a book that told people how to change their life in ten easy steps, how to make friends and keep them but but really to write something about yeah everyday's little moments mm. and those little moments in your kitchen where you just you know um on your own and you you have a little moment and um, so i began to write short stories with very short sentences that were that that you could keep in your handbag and sort of pick up from time to time and Run through it, you know, scribble all over it, but that were timeless mm. and, and age appropriate, you know, for a very wide range of people. And, and so that's when I began to
1: put together, you know, a sort of map of, for the book. Mm. Stories are so powerful. I mean, that's what connects us, right? I see myself in you. You see yourself in me and there's learning and shifting. Your, your smell, your sense of smell and, and taste came back. Slowly, 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 and only was it because, a slow thing? but
0: you know, I, I, I think it's often like you know when you put something in the oven and your little children are standing there and they're waiting for that cake to rise, waiting for it. It seems like forever. So I did take the decision that you know if it came back, bonus, and did how you were you I was going it. You to live without it, thrive yeah. without it, and the show so. was going to go on. Mm-hmm. So it did ca- come back slowly, slowly. There were in the beginning I could taste sweet. In the very beginning, I couldn't taste sweet. Everything was paper. Mm-hmm. But as I began to taste sweet, I realized there were layers. If I was eating something sweet, there were layers that would tell me if it was raspberry, strawberry, cherry, or cucumber, or gherkin. Um, and and slowly, slowly, I began to sort of almost focus, enjoy my strawberry for the first time or my lemon for the first mm. time by really focusing on the intricacy of the layers. So it... I, I, you know, once my baby was born and the second one came and I had a little bit of time to sort of indulge in tasting an abo for the first time and tasting a lemon for the first time and, you know, and,
1: and, and that's how was how that experience? And that just, experience yeah, because it's it, so, so mindful. Yeah. And, and is that the gift? I think so. Uh. I think it's, it, you know, mindfulness
0: is, is something that's, it's sort of bandied around quite fashionably but i think to actually be in the throes of being forced to put your head down and do it is where the mani- magic begins right. to happen right right you know because then you you know what you what you've read what you think what you say are all sort of aligning they're all sort of stacking up and as you do that you begin to realize that that you know you're flowing with the divine order mm. Of, mm. of things, mm. you know, without trying to be too guru about yeah. it. You know, yeah. if you really practically are doing it, it does stack up in, in just the easiest way.
1: So a setback led to you consciously deciding that you were going to shift the way you focused on it. Gratitude every single day, focusing what you have, not what you don't have. Writing stories, which is really just an outpouring of your feelings, sharing, whatever it is, which is great, creative. Then it comes back and you have a heightened sense of experience, far greater, far more powerful, far more Personal than you've ever had before. And very
0: special. Yeah. And very, very special. You know, um, Nikki, I think that, you know, everybody's got a story that only they can tell and Mm. that they want to tell. And I think those unique little losses or betrayals or sort of setbacks along the way as though, as you sort of, you know, become mindful about the way they weave together is, is what, what finds me now in a position to be sitting in your studio and talking to you about Mm. gratitude in a in a very practical, simple, lived experience Mm.
1: way. Mm. Fantastic. And smell as well, slowly, slowly. Absolutely.
0: I I um I I treasure it so much, mm. as, as I'm sure you could imagine. Mm. I mean, you could only imagine what it may feel like to
1: to remember that
0: first boyfriend and what he smelled like, and on the day you got married, what your husband smelled like, and how it well, sort and of. And how many
1: people don't think about that right, actually,
0: right? And yeah. and you know, and and to try and articulate to someone how it may feel oh. to to sort of. Walk into your mother's house and smell the roast chicken Mm. that you've smelled every Sunday of your life after you It's your youth. It's your childhood. Uh. And and the memories that sort of then begin to like little photo
1: albums, um, come together is just, is just really a gift. And then of course, you know, I mean the pheromones in the, in the smell, I mean they say that's why you're attracted to a particular person and this and that. There's so much more involved. Lisa, exactly where you are. We're going to be crossing over to Jerusalem, um, just for a, a few minutes because I'm, I'm delighted to say that we have, um, someone, a representative from the Jerusalem Development Authority and they are in charge of the Jerusalem Marathon. I mean, what is involved in closing a city and, um, and having people run through the streets and making sure that they're having a good time and making sure that it's secure and making sure that everything's in place? Well, I have Eli Nachmis, um, on the line. I hope that's uh, I've I've pr- pr- pronounced Ellie's name correctly. Ellie, hi, and thank you so much for joining us on Chai fm
3: You're welcome.
1: Ellie, did I did I pronounce your surname correctly?
3: My name is Ellie Nachmia.
1: Nachmia. Ellie, welcome, welcome. So, Ellie, you've got a lot of... Um, organizing to do with the Jerusalem Marathon really around the corner. What what is involved in closing a city and opening the city to runners and spectators and tourists? Um, what what kind of what kind of challenges do you have? Uh,
3: first of all, the marathon is a, a a big festival. It's a festival for the runners, for the participants. As well as for the inhabitants, the citizens of the city. Everybody is uh, gearing towards it, is happy to have it. We have people from all over the world and it becomes a big uh, festive uh, day in the city.
1: Mm. And what is, what is the weather usually like in Jerusalem? That, I mean, I know it's not easy to uh, determine the, on the exact day, but usually is it cooler this time of the year in Jerusalem?
3: The, you mean the weather? Yes,
1: the weather. Because I mean, ah, Israel uh, is boiling.
3: Is, the weather is perfect. Uh, for example, the temperatures uh, today in Jerusalem are is 12 degrees, and around the marathon, it's a perfect weather for runners. It's usually around uh, 14, 15 degrees, which is easy. Uh, for the
1: oh, fantastic! So we—I've just had someone talk about—it's uh, her first time. She's visiting Jerusalem. It's the first time she's running a marathon, Ellie, and she's doing it—you know—as the Jerusalem Marathon. So for people who are listening, who are coming to Jerusalem for the first time, um, what do you? We're going to take a quick break, but after the break, Ellie, if you can just tell us what can people look forward to when they come and and visit Jerusalem for the first time. I'm just going to put you on hold to play some ads and we'll be right back
0: this is lifelinks with a dl link
1: if you've just tuned in, good afternoon. I'm Nikki Seberini. This is the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I have on the line a representative from the Jerusalem Development Authority, Eli Nachmias. Eli, thank you so much for waiting for us. Just before the break, I asked you for those who are visiting Jerusalem, what do you recommend people do while they're in the city?
3: Okay. Jerusalem is today, Jerusalem is today both a city, of a long history and uh, heritage, but at the same time, it is a modern, vibrant, dynamic city with uh, tourism attractions, museums. For example, a tourist, uh, before, by the way, it's the runner and his mate, they come together before or after they run, they can go and visit the old city. Mm -hmm. The old city of Jerusalem is the the small old part of the city which is uh, surrounded by walls of thousands of years uh, they he after that they can go to some of the biggest museums of the country like the israel museum they can uh, in the evening go to the open air market that uh, transfer from a a a fruit and vegetable market into a bustling uh, nightlife uh, scene with pubs and cafes and restaurants. Uh, You can go on a Segway tour uh, in uh, around the the city. You can go and walk on top of the walls of the city. There are so many things to do. Uh, uh, That's why uh, most runners come with a... either a family or at least with a mate, and spend, in average, four nights, five days in Jerusalem.
1: Mm. You want to make the most of it there. So, Ellie I'm presuming, because you've got this influx of a whole lot of runners and family members or partners, that if people are going to be going on any tours, they should probably book beforehand. They should probably go online and get their booking done now.
3: Yes. We have on the, on the online platform of the marathon, there are a, a regular organized tour that uh, the runner can uh, uh, register before coming in order to reserve and secure a tour for example the uh, tours regular tours within the city of Jerusalem mm-hmm. there are tours uh, outside of Jerusalem in the uh, distance of like a, a 45 to minutes to 1 hour Ride, for example, to the Dead Sea, Masada, etc. All those tours uh, are uh, uh, on the online platform.
1: And um, Eli, should we be directing people to your website, the Jerusalem Development Authority? How, how should people go about doing it?
3: Yes, the uh, the site of the Jerusalem Development Authority is a very simple. Uh, has a very simple, catchy name. I Travel Jerusalem. Oh, you brilliant. just uh, go, uh, click I Travel Jerusalem and you can get all the information about the marathon. Also, you can register. Uh, individual runners can register through the I Travel Jerusalem to the marathon. And also, groups can register. And on top of that, there is the online platform, the website of the Jerusalem Marathon. In either one, you can get in, get all the information and register.
1: Ellie, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for I getting just everyone want to excited. Add yes.
3: One thing which pertains to South Africa. Yes. Uh, in 2017, we had 110 runners from South Africa. Last year, we had 120 and this year, we have We have already 175 and the registration is not finished yet. So it is always increasing the number of runners from uh, South Africa. Oh,
1: that's great news, Ellie. I love that. And hopefully more and more and more will be joining. It's a, it's a very good sign. Ellie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, lovely, Ellie. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, hope you have a wonderful time over the period of the Jerusalem Marathon. Do take care. Thank
3: you very much. And we are. Waiting to welcome
1: the South African runners in Jerusalem. Uh, to daraban, litra ot. Thank you, Eli. Later. Um, Eli, um, I'm um, talking about that. So go to the website, um, the Jerusalem Development Authority, and look for the I Travel Jerusalem. Everything will be there. I'm, I'm so envious. You're going to have the most fantastic time if you are going along. So I have Lee Maimele in the studio. We're talking about her book, Musings, Reflections of Gratitude. And what I love, Lee, is besides the the stories and the insights and the sharings in the beginning, is you actually have a challenge. Um, it's the second part of the book, and you're challenging people to write down their own gratitude. If you could just explain how that works quickly. Thanks. So,
0: Nikki, you know, I found that as... As I began to focus on what I did have in my life as opposed to what I didn't, that as I wrote it down, it, it, I almost looked forward to the next day because I wanted to do it. And as I focused on what I did have, I, I noticed that more and more things were sort of popping up and saying, Hey, look at me. Mm. You know, what about this? And what about that? So I thought that if I, if I could challenge people just to start with one, um, one day, and and then add another day, and then add another day, and see if they can grow up to ten days of just waking up first thing in the morning, or last thing at night, or in the shower, or when they're doing dinner for their kids, and just write down one thing they're grateful for. That I was challenging people to to do it for ten days, um, to buy the book, and then to let me know how it was going. Mm-hmm. I I won't say, um, you know, I I think that. It it'll it'll change their lives, um, and they don't have to thank me because I think that's the law of the universe.
1: It is indeed. So where can people get their hands on? They your book? can get
0: their book um, in all good bookstores, um, or they could um, invite me to come and talk to um, women, um, particularly book cl- clubs, women's organisations, um, because that really is the target market um, for the book. Thank um, you so much. And then much, they me. can buy their books um, directly from me.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Lee Mele, and that's Musings, Reflections of Gratitude, with the Gratitude Channel, a, a challenge, I beg your pardon. Absolutely gorgeous. Love it so much. Thank you, Lee. Stay where you are, um, because we're continuing with awesome guests um, today in the studio. Um, I have Lisa Carr, who's the founder of Soul Vision, and she's also a Tibetan Usui Reiki master, psychic and energy healer, life coach, motivational speaker. Lisa, hi. Welcome. Thank you for Thank coming you. into the studio. Thank you, Nikki. I'm very
4: excited to be here today.
1: So, so what in fact is
4: Soul Vision? Right. So Soul Vision, um, actually, this is, this is quite, quite strange, but my sister and I came up with, with the name together. And it's basically viewing our own soul. That's how the name came about. Soul you know? vision, right. And having a vision to see what your soul path is, where you should be going as a soul. And that's where we came up with the name of soul vision. Hmm. So,
1: I mean, we think of the body, we think of the soul. Um, we can observe the body from the soul. I don't know, like removing, but how does one observe the soul? How does one get in and find out? Out the purpose and the vision.
4: All right. So basically, if you're looking at um, what is your purpose as a soul, okay, you need to connect to your higher self. And I think a lot of people don't do that um, today because we've got so many distractions, and we've got so much clutter in our lives as well. And with all
1: the dis- noise, 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 all the distraction, time, distraction. You know, I yeah. tell you, and it
4: doesn't end. Uh, so you don't actually find that stillness within yourself, and it's within that stillness that you'll find the connection of your soul, the connection of your divine. And that is how you will know where your soul path is.
1: We're going to take a break. I want to talk more about this higher self and what the higher self actually means. Stay with us.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: Welcome back to the DL Link Show, and I just want to start off by thanking Nikki for the SMS. Who said, "Lee, thanks for a lovely show, and I'd be grateful to win a copy of your book." And Lee's saying, "I say that um, the energy
0: of gratitude needs a, a giver and a receiver." <laughs> so I think we're on a we're on a winning wicket here. I think we need to get. Um, I think Nikki, you've won yourself a, a copy. book. Awesome, awesome. So I'll get her details or his
1: details and we'll follow up. Fantastic. So Nikki Lee will be contacting you directly and you can get your hands on musings, reflections of gratitude. How's that for gratitude? You see how gratitude works? Just like that. So Lisa, just before the break, we spoke about higher self. You said that to know your purpose... To know your vision Mm -hmm. You need to switch everything off You need to go within There's too much noise And you need to connect With your higher self What is the higher self?
4: Okay, so your higher self Is basically an essence Of your true self Um, And that's where The higher self comes in It's your true self And that's what we, that's what we lose, you know. And like Lee was saying about the gratitude and so on, I practice gratitude every morning as well. We all light my little candle and say thank you for specific things every day. And by doing that, you also connect to your higher self mm-hmm. because you're not thinking about. Anything else out there, the distractions, the noise and so on, you're focusing on the blessings. So you're focusing also on that stillness and connecting with yourself, your
1: true essence, your higher self. Mm. So someone decides, I'm going to take time out and I'm going to connect with this higher self. How do they do it? Because we're used to being noisy and we're used mm-hmm. to being distracted. And now we're connecting with something beyond mm-hmm. I would so say speak. I would
4: say the first thing you need to do is a digital detox. You know, we've got too many cell phones and even if the cell phone is not ringing and it's next to you, you must remember that that radiation and so on is still all around you. So really to the best place I would say to connect to your higher self would be to go to somewhere quiet, somewhere where you obviously haven't got distractions. I love going to the garden where there's trees and flowers and where there's nature around you and also where there's stillness. Um, Um, And then to meditate, Um, we do also have workshops on meditations for beginners, Um, but to meditate, and people often say, how do you meditate? Um, You know, I can't do it because I've got so many distractions. I I think of things all the time. My whole thing is what I would say to them is, Allow those distractions to come in. Don't try and force them out because the minute you try and force them out, you become more involved with those distractions. Mm -hmm. So let those thoughts come in and let them flow out just as quickly as they came in. But the main ingredient, as I would say, is is your breathing. Your breathing. Your breathing.
1: To take care of your breathing. And that is how you truly meditate. These are the questions they should be asking themselves um, to connect with purpose and vision.
4: Um, I would say, if you have to ask any questions, you could ask yourself, "Why am
1: I here?" You know. Um, and what happens? Do you, does something pop into your mind, or we went, You know, I mean, I, I, some people will trust a process, but some mm-hmm. people, oh, you know, what's
4: going to happen? I know people. People don't. They they they. Most people don't trust the process, and they'll say, "But I have all these thoughts," and then I'll say to them. Think of a golf ball. Oh, sorry. I'll say to them, "Do not think of a golf ball." <laughs> oh, do not think of a golf ball. And they go, "I'm thinking of a golf <laughs> ball." And I say, "You see, it's like when you put something out there in the universe. It's like Google.com. It doesn't um, decide if it's do not or please do. It takes the actual word as the golf ball, and it'll send that to you. So, in that sense as well, when people are are trying to um, to visual, trying to visualize. Um, no matter what comes in, allow it to come in. Allow yourself to feel comfortable with it. When you feel comfortable with it, then you know that you're on the right on the right
1: path. So you have a, a workshop coming up, a space clearing workshop Are you talking about space cleaning within your inner world or your outer world? So it's
4: basically space clearing within your work, within your home, within your own body and right, mind yes. So it's decluttering, also um, toxic people around you That would also form part of space clearing So it's within and it's without hmm.
1: And what are the benefits of space clearing?
4: Well, when you do space clearing, obviously if it's on the outside And you're clearing your desk and that, you'll have a neat desk okay once you have a neat desk your mind will also become that much clearer because you 'll be able to find things so that 's kind of like in the physical in the physical mm-hmm. environment then you have in the um, um, on, the, on the other side of it, was you would basically clear the energy spaces. And by clearing the energy spaces, as often you would do this if somebody has to pass away, if somebody's very ill, um, if somebody's had an argument in the home, you'd want to clear that energy space. So you would find that when an energy is very clogged up, it's very heavy, it's heavier, um, when that energy has been cleared, you get a higher and a lighter vibration.
1: So, are you teaching people how to clear their own energy? Because yeah. do you clear other people's energy? Well, I clear
4: other people's energy, but, but they clear um, their but, own. but the workshop I'm teaching them so that they can clear their own. They can also clear their own houses of energies as well,
1: and their workplaces
4: and so on. Mm.
1: And energy is so. I mean, we all know about energy, and every energy is really everything. But we, mm-hmm. we can't really see it. So no. there's a so 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 it's quite a challenge for you people who come along to a workshop like this. It's really a feeling. Into the trust, the intuition, the, all of that. So the sensing of the energy, sensing the feelings, the negative feelings, as you said, being the lower energy, the uh, different energies. And so, so, so the question that I'm asking is: Do people have had to have had previous experience with energy, with uh, clearing, or can the absolute novice come along? No, the absolute novice can come along as well.
4: And and you definitely will feel a difference. So even if you are very intuitive, or if you're not really at all, you will feel the difference. If I can say to you an, almost an example is if if the two of you were arguing in this room, and I had to walk into the room, automatically mm-hmm. I would feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's a little bit of unsettlement, you know. And that's exactly yeah, you feel how, that energy. Yes. Right. and so that's that's exactly how
1: you would feel it. Mm-hmm. And for, very quickly for people who are ill. Mm-hmm. How will this benefit them? For people that are
4: ill, um, obviously you've got that heavy energy around you, and it, once once you've got that heavy energy around you, it makes it that much more difficult for your body to actually heal mm. because the vibration is heavier. Mm-hmm. So if you clear that energy around you, having that lighter energy almost encapsulate you um, will help you to to heal. Oh, fantastic, Lisa! So if people want details, how where do they get the details from? Um, they can go onto the website www soulvision.co.za and we've also got um, a Facebook group and, and page Soul Vision. Soul Vision Soul Vision a little white lily
1: fantastic Oh, it's been great having you Lisa I'm sorry it was so short I'd love to hear more and more maybe we'll come back onto the show again thank Lisa you. Carr founder of Soul Vision um, also Reiki master psychic and energy healer life coach and motivational speaker and that space clearing workshop happening that this weekend Soul Vision thank you so much and again thank you Lee Mla for coming in to the studio, chief storyteller and author of Musics. Nikki Lee will be in touch with you. And thank you so much for coming, for listening to the show. It's been wonderful. I love spending this hour with you. I look so forward to being with you next week. So for me, Nikki Seberini, until then, do take care of yourself. Goodbye.